A good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of High Top Sports. Hope you guys are having a wonderful Sunday. It's a beautiful day here in St. Augustine, Florida. The birds are out. The sun's out for longer than usual today. I'm excited. I'm fired up. Spring football has come to a pause for spring bake. It's time to get out, get in some sun, get some booze flowing for you boys if you are enjoying some spring break. We did have a presser yesterday. I was out of town with some family. Had a great Saturday. Had a great weekend. But now it's Sunday. It is actually a selection Sunday for March Madness, which I'm a huge March Madness guy. I think I could speak for everybody when I say typically, I mean, unless you're a big basketball guy, nobody truly covers or watches college basketball like we do other sports, right? Now, college, the Gators basketball, I'll tune in for a game or so, whatnot. But to say we were dialed in all season, I think we would be crazy to say that. Florida, obviously, is a big football school. Up north, basketball reigns a little more supreme. The Duke, the North Carolinas of the world. But I got to be honest, come Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm going to be a basketball expert. Okay, everything that I say goes, and I wouldn't be surprised if I went perfect for perfect on this March Madness bracket come Thursday morning. Okay, parlay heaven is 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 among us. Okay, you got ten leggers, eleven leggers. I had an eight legger on Saturday night that just fell short to the Akron Zips. Been a Zips fan since '93. That one stung, boys. Okay, just a kid from Akron and uh, fell a little short. That was about an eight legger to fall fall on the last leg. Literally, you're seven for seven coming down to the zips. Zips pull within four with five sec with about five minutes or a minute and a half to go. There's hope, right? You feel like you got an opportunity, you got a chance, everything you want in basketball, and it doesn't get done. And you know that 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 hurts. That stings a little bit. I uh, hope you guys again are having a great day. We do obviously have some things to go over. Coach Armstrong spoke uh, for the first presser that I've seen. So excited to hear him talk. We'll, we'll play a clip from him and uh, see how he's doing. We got Billy Balsack obviously coming out saying absolutely nothing per usual, but I do want to pull a clip from his interview to see what you guys' thoughts on that. And then we got some Gruton talk, and then obviously March Madness. So if you guys are not joined in, we're doing a $250 uh, March Madness giveaway. Link's in the description to join. It's free to join. It's basically handing out free money if you think you got what it takes. If you believe that you are a basketball expert and ready to rock and roll, uh, sack up and put up. You know what I'm saying? Join the bad boy. Let's get rocking and rolling here. Uh, big breaking news today. Jalen Ramsey to the fence. I don't know what's happening with these trades, though. With the past this past weekend, Ramsey to the fence. I, I haven't quite seen the details just yet. Maybe towards the end of this, we'll go over that. But I did see, I'm sure we all saw at this point, their first-round draft pick, the Bears, trading to the Panthers. Literally the entire farm, the Panthers gave away everybody. For, for, for a mid-quarterback. It, it's mind-blowing to me. We'll talk maybe a little bit later on about that at the NFL talk, but my goodness. I want to get your guys' thoughts in the comments. Welcome to the stream, boys and girls. Uh, Easy J, Dub Warrior. How you doing, buddy? Gator. What's up, Bubba? How you doing, Gator versus anybody? You have shorts. Ricky, you heard parlay. You sure did. Buddy, how you doing, big guy? Welcome to the stream. Mama, how we doing? Jordan, what's up? Boys and girls, ladies and gents, drop a like, show some love. Let's get into it. So like I said, Billy Balsack, quick recap of what he spoke about. Uh, spoke a lot about Graham Mertz. Everybody wants to know about Graham. That's the big hot topic, obviously, this weekend on and off campus, anywhere you look. All Florida fans want to know where he's where his head's at. I think we're in the same boat as we were last year with Anthony Richardson. You've got a you got a group of guys that are bought in, watched some film, have made up their mind that Graham can come in and do a good job. You've got another group of guys that think 
you know, I need to see more, right? Orange and blue game, they'll feel a little more comfortable. You got a group of guys that think uh, Billy's still not it and uh, doesn't really matter who he brings in a quarterback. Then you got another group of guys that think Graham's a joke. He sucked at Wisconsin. He's going to suck here at Florida. And Billy made a bad call in the portal. You know, and that's kind of where we're at right now. So we will see how that all plays out. Obviously, a lot of good things coming out of camp. Uh, a lot to do with his work ethic and where he's at, where he's at mentally, right? Coming in every day, hanging out, staying long, you know, getting there early, in the building, being part of the process. Again, I think when you're a new guy, you have to be a little bit more over the top, getting to know your team, building that culture, building those relationships. So we will see. Uh, how that uh, plays out, and hopefully, you know, those, those those things will pay off in the long run. The orange and blue game, again, we're going to be excited about it. It feels like we were in this position last year, um, and this is what's great about the offseason. It creates a, a buzz, a high, right, that uh, you, you typically don't get during the season because it's happening. I saw somebody put a quote on my um, – on something. I don't know. I don't remember where the quote was. It was an Al Pacino quote, and it said, the greatest high – is, is is in the moment the dice are rolling, I believe. I'm going to butcher the quote. But basically, it, it, it's in the middle of why you're playing. Before the dice, when you're playing craps, right, and you roll the dice out, it's right at the moment before the, the dice start rolling is the ultimate high. And that's exactly where we're at right now. We are in the midst of the dice still rolling, right? We still haven't lost. We're just, we just bought in, but we don't know the outcome just yet. And that truly is the ultimate high because the expectation of what could be is incredible. Right, it could be this amazing thing, and if it does happen, we really, it really doesn't live up to the, our expectation of what it could be, right? Because that's why the the greatest high is the believing in what could happen. Uh, so I, I read that quote, and I go, "My goodness!" As, as a uh, gambling addict and degenerate, I couldn't agree more with that comment. So <laughs> I loved I loved seeing that. Um, he spoke about obviously spring break is coming up this week, so he talked about how do they plan to, you know. Guys forgetting things, getting out of a rhythm. He goes, look, some guys need, you know, there's some guys coming off of recovery, some injuries. It'll be good to get refreshed. He, he's given them some homework assignments over the week. I, I'm interested to see. I want. I, hopefully there's a follow-up question to that, right? Now, was Billy going to say, no, the guys didn't do their homework? Probably not. But if you're out here handing out homework assignments, I want to know the follow-up. How did these guys do? They went home on their week. They had accountability. Were they hungry? Were they dialed in? Are they eat, drinking, and sleeping football, right? Or are they still kind of in that college party mode at spring break? I would love to kind of get a get a pulse on where we're at with that, but how much of that will we get? Probably not too much. Hopefully, we can have a good follow up question for whoever whoever did that ask that question. We will see um, when we get back next week. But again, no no promises on that. Let me play this clip here. Uh, somebody asked about AR and his thoughts on the AR and just kind of what could have been to a certain extent. Billy does what Billy does and just maneuvered his way around it phenomenally. I want to get your guys' opinion on it here. So let's play that real quick. Oh, whoops. Here we go, boys. I'm guessing you were able to see Anthony's combine. Um, from your perspective, what changes about an offense when you lose a 99 percentile athletic quarterback, if much? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, you know, it's interesting, right? I, uh, we all know Anthony. I mean, hey. So just real quick, the question was, you know, when, when losing a 99 percentile athlete, you know, how do you, how do you manage that? That was the question. <laughs> okay. Incredible athlete, right? But um, now I'm looking at my notes from last year. You remember this time last year, Anthony was coming off the surgery, you know, really participated in spring. We had to keep him in the pocket, you know, and he wasn't able to run around. So, but no, I mean, I think uh, really unique in his ability to make plays with his feet. Uh, 
I couldn't be more proud of the guy. You know, I mean, he he made a decision to go out. He bet on himself to some degree, knowing that he was uh, very capable, and he dominated uh, historic numbers at the quarterback position. So the thing I'm really proud of is the interview process, the football. You know, I think he's really made – I know in our year together, um, he made tremendous progress relative to his understanding of the overall picture. It's good to see all that paying off. All right, let's read between the lines really quick here. Okay, this is this is my take on this, and you can you can knock or flock or whatever you want to do about it. But here's here's what I heard. Okay, they go, hey, you know, you had a quarterback that was in the 99 percentile. I don't know what that was. Quarterback in the 99 percentile, right? How do you plan to overcome that now that you don't have that? So basically, the guys, you had a you had a stud at quarterback. Didn't do too much with it. How do you plan to move forward now without having a, a less with having a lesser athletic quarterback back there? Billy handles it perfectly. Basically says, well, he was injured for the first part of the year. Without saying it, he says it, right? We came off with injuries, had to deal with that for a little bit, and then uh, you know, got comfortable. So it's really cool to see him looking at my old notes. This is what he's saying here, right? And then he talks about how he's able to grasp the game. Glad to see how well the interviews did. Glad to understand he was able to understand the game a little bit more, right? His knowledge grew with us under the year. And he said, hey, look, even took a, took a chance on himself. Look, I don't think Billy's throwing shade. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I felt like the question was, which was really well worded of kind of trying to try to poke a little bit to see like, hey, you know, you, you had a stud here. Now you don't. How are you going to manage that? And Billy does what Billy does and maneuvered his way around it, uh, you know, perfectly as he typically does, you know, politically, as one would say. So, we'll see. I don't know if you guys read it that way, too, but uh, that's that's how I uh, interpreted that. But all in all, Billy was Billy during this this press conference. Very vanilla. However, we do have some, uh, some footage uh, of, you know, Armstrong, which listening to Armstrong even it just fires me up every single time. I don't know what it is, and I have a photo of Armstrong that I want to show you guys as well after the interview which is an incredible, for the ones that are just listening, I'll try to describe it the best that I can, but I'm loving the, the, just the energy right now with Armstrong. Let's get into it. Here you go. What was that conversation like with Nick Saban? I mean, just to tell him that, hey, look, you know, this is a great opportunity and how supportive was he? Well, it was phenomenal. You know, he, uh, it was, it was the easiest decision to make, but it was a hard decision. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a lifelong learner. I have the ultimate respect for the game of football. And opportunity to work for him, our defensive system derives from that system that he and Coach Belichick created about 30 years ago with the with the Browns, and opportunity to be there in that role to work with that staff and those people that place opportunity a phenomenal opportunity. But he was very supportive. You know, I, you know that was an intimate conversation that I don't want to go there with. But he was phenomenal uh, and gave me a lot of good advice, pros and cons. Uh, but it was a privilege to be there and a privilege to work there. Uh, but the opportunity to come here. Uh, to be with Coach Napier is something you can't pass up. I got into coaching because I wanted to help young people to become positive contributors to society, right? And uh, I'm going to coach our guys, right? But I don't think you can coach a player right. until you have a relationship with them. So that's kind of been hard for me during this transition of, you know, you just go straight into it, and I'm trying to meet everybody. I'm meeting the new staff and stuff like that. 
uh, because my main objective is to take each individual on our team and make them the best version of themselves, right? Because if the individual is great, we're going to have collective success, and we all benefit from that. And if we have collective success, each individual benefits from that, you know? And I try to be very personal with them because I don't think you can push people to be the best they can uh, unless they know you're coming from a place of love. And when you have a real relationship with somebody, it's going to be up and down. It's not going to be perfect, right? There's going to be some days that they're tired of me, and truth be known, some days I'm tired of them. But if they know that I respect them, they respect me, we communicate with each other and we trust each other, uh, you can do that. We're very, very multiple. You know, we're, we base, you know, out of a 3-3-5 per se, but we're really a 4-2 because that's what modern football is. Uh, you know, we're, we have a, we don't have a toolbox. We like to say we have a tool shed of scheme. You know what I mean? Our deal is we're going to be multiple four-down front team that play split safety man match and middle-field close coverage. Um, we're going to pressure, you know, with where creeper gets thrown around right, which is a you know, four-man pressure versus the pass and a five-man pressure against the run. So it's a mixture of a fire zone and a cover three coverage concepts. You know, we do some other stuff on a five-man process that's different at a four-down front and three-down front. At the end of the day, you know, not many people are like us that are multiple in the back end and multiple in the front end. They're kind of one or the other, right? We're both. You know I mean? We're going to be able to take whatever tools we need every week to play in this league because each team's different. Vanderbilt's different than Georgia. Georgia is different than Tennessee. You know what I'm this saying? This guy's running out of air. have a scheme. I love it. That is flexible to what you're seeing all the time, but also what your players can do. Like, I can't come in here and say, hey, we're going to be a four-man front middle close team. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? But – we have the ability to play each week the way we need to play to win, you know. And really, for us, it's the same. <laughs> I love that look, and it's different for the opponent. You know what I'm saying? But from a pressure standpoint, you very know, Kirby. Yes, you know what I mean. We 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 say we try to negotiate with a hammer, right? Like we're going to be aggressive. We're going to try to. We're not going to let them dictate the, the terms of engagement. Negotiate we're going to hammer stuff against all circumstances of offense. Um, you know, we feel like we have a good run pressure philosophy and relative to the pass. I love it. Look, so it, sometimes it's hard to comprehend that this this young man is the same age as I am. He's I think he's a year or two years are older than me. He's like 30, 31 years old. Uh this 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 young man is a 30 going on 47, right? <laughs> okay. And I mean that in, in the most respect possible. I I and this is not to toot my own horn, but I've been hit with a, a a few times, you know, I'm I'm old beyond my age. I'm an old dude, stuck in a young man's body, uh very very squarish like, and I think Armstrong, uh, you know, envisions that as well. It's just that he's he's been surrounded by uh, you know older men, and that's kind of been his path this this entire time. And uh, look, I think I think it's great. I think it fits the the vibe that we're going for. You gotta you gotta have a little bit of spunk, which is where the thirty comes from. But you gotta have the mindset of you know the 39, 40, 45 year olds that you you've grown up around. And just to hear him talk gets me fired up. It's 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 you know. Exactly, Dave doesn't beat around the bush. Very straightforward, refreshing from Coach Billy. And again, I, I know I kind of get Billy's flack. That's Billy's job to kind of beat around the bush and be very, you know, transparent because people he he knows what people will do. They'll take what he says and they'll run with it. Armstrong can get away with a little bit and saying how he feels. Um, again, it reminded me very Kirby esque like and how he interviewed here. Kind of give you the eyes. He kind of nods his head and talks with reassurance, like you know what I'm saying, right? And uh, look, I loved hearing him talk. It was great to hear him talk. Great to hear him break down the schemes. Again, I think with the pressure of a thirty-year-old, that's gonna it's gonna come back. It's gonna get brought up constantly. It's gonna be something we hear about the entire offseason. The first moment of doubt, it's gonna get brought up. Did Billy make the right move in hiring a thirty-year-old? 
Again, I saw Muddy in here saying, imagine being being Coach Armstrong, just being recently hired by Nick Saban, the GOAT, and having to say, hey, Coach, I'm heading out. It's been real, but uh, I'm on my way. You know what I mean? Just imagine. That's that's not an easy conversation to have, and I think that's something, too, that we always – look, it's a big step for him. He was going to be the inside linebacker coach at Alabama. He took, obviously, the defensive coordinator job here at Florida – Massive upgrade, massive promotion, but with great with a great promotion comes a lot of responsibility. And I think what always gets overlooked is we think like, oh wow, like good for him. He gets a new job, he gets a promotion, he's gonna get more money. A lot of stress, a lot of pressure comes with that. He even says, like, I was comfortable. I think it was another interview I saw. It may have been this one. He was comfortable where he was. He was especially comfortable at Southern Miss. I mean, he was the guy there. An inside linebacker coach at Alabama kind of can coast for a little bit. You know what I mean? You're, a lot's gonna not going to fall on you right away. You've got a few layers in front of you, so you had some cushion there. And you were comfortable at a great job and a great organization, going to get to learn a lot, a great system, uh, you know, a build up that resume just a little bit more before you go and take on a big role like this. Um, and look, as young guys, we want to constantly move up, myself included. I think it's always the goal. We feel like we have to be somewhere quickly. We feel like we have to, to, to get there fast as an achievement. Look, and that's something that I definitely have looked at. I don't get this vibe from him. I think he feels like this is an opportunity for him to be successful early on, and that's what he's doing again. But it is a risk because with him being young, the moment things go sour, it's going to immediately result to his age and not having enough credibility, not having enough experiences in those moments. And how he handles himself is going to be huge. Again, I don't think he would would have taken on that role if he didn't believe he could handle it. And I don't think Billy would have asked him to take on that role if he didn't think he could handle it. So I think that speaks great volumes to who Coach Armstrong is and uh, to Billy believing in somebody. Now, and what everybody's saying, right, the naysayers, the the haters in, in Gator Nation, and this is where the critical part can come in, is like maybe Billy's a little blindsided, kind of hiring his boys alongside of him, right? There, There is something that will be said to that if things start to go sour is that, hey, he went and hired all of his friends, his past coaches, et cetera, and that's what bit him in the butt. I don't feel that way. I don't feel that vibe with this, but I'm just telling you what the narrative probably is going to be if, if that were to happen. I do want to show you uh, this picture here that was just posted. Uh, Big Dez, and I can't see who the other player is, if you guys know who that is, lifting Coach Armstrong up. Uh, Princely shared it laughing. I love it. I love seeing this photo. Uh, uh, Armstrong's blowing the whistle. Obviously, it's in good fun. Kamari Wilson's in the background kind of clapping along. Mind you, Armstrong got there like a week ago. A week ago, right? And he's already building this relationship with them. I never saw any picture of PT getting lifted up, okay? And again, I, I as a, again, as a young manager, I can see the negative flack that's going to come alongside with this, right? Is you would never lift up Coach Saban. You would never lift up Kirby Smart. You would never lift up Billy Ballsack, Coach Prime, right? Now, those are head coaches versus defense coordinators, right? But the, the comment's going to be, it's because there's no respect because he's young, right? They feel like they can kind of throw him up, lift him up, things like that. I disagree. I feel like with you being young, you should have that connection and feel where these guys feel comfortable enough to, to do these things. Now, there is that caveat of how do you manage back and forth? I, I, I deal with this uh, on a daily basis with myself, is how do you manage the fun, and then having to be serious. And he talks about that, right? I want to get to know these guys. I want to build a relationship. I want them to love me. And with love, right, comes kind of, you got to bring the hammer every now and then. You got to have those hard conversations where I annoy them. 
they annoy me, they get frustrated. That's part of life, and that's part of the, the process. And I think by him being as clear as, as, he's, as what he's saying, right, and being as precise as he is, and eventually you understand, like, look, I'm gonna, he's going to piss me off, but I know with what he's giving me is 100%. I know he's being honest with me. And I think over long term, that's going to speak, speak volumes uh, to what uh, Armstrong's able to bring and what it's going to do for the defense and the culture, what, the culture aspect of what it's going to do. So, again, I, I love seeing it. For me, myself, I'm sure there's going to be some people who don't like it, and that's just kind of part of it, right? That's something that we're going to have to, uh, you know, take take with it and leave with it. So we will we will see. What's your guys' thoughts on it? If he Hank says if he succeeds, he will be a head coach before he turns thirty t- turns forty, and he will have earned it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Right? You take a take a take a big risk to to get a big piece of pie. So. You take a risk like this to go to become a defensive coordinator just at the age of 30, right? A lot of eyeballs at you in a Power 5 school with a lot of pressure already on it. It's not like he's walking into a cupcake situation either, you know? Now, the one positive I will say is because of where it was at, low, low bar, it's not much to make it to make it move upwards. Not much. It's not going to take much for you to turn things around, right? Now, if it gets worse, whoo, buddy, Right? Because right now, Gator Nation's thoughts and opinions on Grantham and Patrick Tony were not very high. So if it were to get worse, it could get ugly quickly. I don't think we're in that direction. I don't think it heads that way. I think Coach Armstrong is a good fit. Again, I keep preaching this. I believe in Coach Billy. That is something that I have said from the beginning. I get a lot of flack for this constantly. Saw a couple comments saying, you think Coach Billy does no wrong? Look, I think we as people should watch these interviews, watch the people that he who he recruits, speaking to the recruits, has allowed me to get to understand Bill a little bit more. I've shook, shook him Billy's hand, looked him in the eye, had a conversation with him, met a lot of people in my time. I haven't met, I have met you know, as many as most, but I do take that into consideration. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty decent judge of character. Got a great vibe when I met Billy. You, you can go watch Dan Mullen's interviews and understand the character of what Mullen is. You can only have so many interviews where you can hide who you are. Billy's, Billy's very, very flat, very squarish. Very vanilla, right? I do believe what we get is what we see. I do believe he kind of maneuvers the way that he speaks because he understands how the media, we the media, manipulate and will manipulate his words to our benefit. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. I think just to his to his credit, I think he's able to maneuver his way uh, precisely in the way that he needs to because he can't go out there and say what he feels right now like somebody like Kirby or, or uh, Nick Saban. He hasn't won. He hasn't won the ability to do that, right? So he has to uh, be politically correct right now and not say exactly what he's feeling. And with that comes that vanilla flavor that we get, okay? Levi says, cautiously cautiously optimistic on the hire. I think we need a much improved defense. Billy is the right guy. I love hearing that. Maybe Billy went younger out of fear of guys uh, bolting after year one. Yes and no. I mean, look, I think you're right in a sense – there's no way if even if Armstrong has a great year one, he's going anywhere year two. Too soon. Too soon to call. I think anybody that would take Armstrong up to the next level needs to see two just standout years, okay? Maybe three. So now, in a sense, he's bought himself a defensive coordinator for at minimum, right, three years, we can say. And I think that could be part of it is like he's tired of chasing guys down. I don't know. Now, if he has two you know, one solid year, could a small school offer him a head coach job and would he take it? That's, who who knows? But 
the NFL could come knocking on his door and offer him a, a smaller defensive job, and he could take that as well too with, with just half a good year, right? So I don't think that's the 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 all, be all end all. I think he believes in what Armstrong it, again. How quickly the hire happened, he he had this pinned up for a little bit, I believe. Be outside, but for the fact that we haven't got a wide receiver coach yet, but we got the defensive coordinator the moment that Patrick Tony decided his departure. Now, obviously, PT did his job and respected Billy enough to put his two weeks in prior to that announcement, which allowed Billy to to do the interviews. But even with with that, I, I you know the NFL has to operate within a certain parameters, and they only had probably a week or two to get a hold of Patrick Tony. So there wasn't much time. If I had if I had to say, I don't know. We'll, we'll never really know that. So, something else I really cool, I'm sure you guys have all heard about it or read about it already, but I wanted to get some shout-out, and with that, we'll make the transition here, is uh, Armstrong's nod to Spurrier uh, with the visor. And we talked about this when we first, you know, were introduced to Armstrong and the visor gang and his energy and third and visor. I got to make a shirt. I feel like I'd be doing uh, the, the family a disservice if I didn't do that with with the third and visor out, and I got to figure out some kind of creativity. I'm thinking, like, it's got to be a hand and you're holding up the visor, you know. I'm not that great at those kind of things. But here's what he had to say. He goes, he wears a visor while he coaches as an ode to see Spur and dressed up as Spurrier for an elementary school career day when he was in third grade, which didn't go over well as he had hoped. He quotes, I had a blue visor that I had bought at Hat Shack, Armstrong said. It was awesome. Everybody was mean that day. People weren't nice. Pretty crazy to think back in elementary school in third grade, Mrs. Cribb was my third grade teacher. Shout out Mrs. Cribb. I had some great elementary teachers. Buddy dressed up as Steve Spurrier. Okay, 30 years old. Mind you, I'm 30. Third grade, I can promise you, Steve Spurrier was not the first thing that came to my mind as a third grader. All right? So this guy's been been been, been poised to coach for about a minute. If you're dressing up as a head ball coach in 2003, 2000, or 2001, because he's a little bit older than me, you're dressing up as an old ball coach, Steve Spur. Guy, guy was ready to be a ball coach from day one. And he says the reason why he wants to coach, which I I love coaching, I love teaching as well. It's something that I love to do is to help inspire that next generation to be a better version of themselves every single day. And I love how he spoke about that as well too, right? To be to have a great team, it, it kind of goes to that same concept of the offensive line, right? Five equals one. We all have to be great to, uh, to achieve greatness, right? That's where he, he was speaking to, so... I love it. I love the energy. I love where we're at. Again, it's it's March, right? So we have to find these things to talk about when it's talking season to get excited about. And it may not always just be X's and O's. It's about building a culture. This is what we're doing right now. Going out there, we're practicing, we're building a bond. You're you're building the relationship that you're going to be bleeding with guys in four to five months from now. Come come summertime, right? Things are gonna get heated up. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, things got a little spicy. I know we had a little bit of spiciness last year, but that summer heat down there in the swamp gets hot quick, boys, okay? And you're going to have guys fighting for that number one spot, and uh, I, I can only imagine what's going to come out of that, what's going to build up. So we had also, on top of just, a, you know, an awesome week one of spring, we had a great uh, accruiting session. What's up, Papa Stokes? How you doing, Bubba? Welcome to the stream. Had a lot of crutes there this weekend. A big bus, a U-Haul. Dropped them off. My little brother was part of that crew. Those that that bus also went to a lot of schools prior to to land in in Gainesville this week, this weekend. Um, again, I think it was more of a mass hall. Nothing truly organized, if I had to guess, just based on the conversations that I had with my little brother. Didn't felt like it was you know like a typical OV 
again, have a lot, having a lot of kids, how do you really control and organize that? I'm sure they had their priority visits there that they were really focused on and really dialed in on. Obviously, going into spring break, not going to have any visits probably for the next few days. I would expect things to pick back up shortly, though. Um, and, and, and honestly, start to see some commits getting close to that spring game, obviously, shortly, shortly thereafter, uh, for sure. So we'll see how that goes. Obviously, uh, I've been preaching the, the the dual-headed offensive lineman coaches for a while now. And finally, we had somebody speak up about it. Four-star Fletcher Westfall. Shout out to uh, Kessler Donovan uh, writing about this on, on three. Says that he likes a two-coach approach at Florida. Well, I mean, let's let's show that you like it and let's bring it on down to, to Poundtown, okay? You know what I'm saying? I think right now this guy is heavily committed to Maryland. He is not heavily, but that's where they've got him leaning to thus far. He is the 23-ranked offensive tackle, 6'8", 295 as a junior. It's right into the size that we like to put there down there in Florida, 6'8". That seems to right be in the rhythm, but he's already got the weight as a junior, as a big boy, as a junior, okay? When, wouldn't be surprised he peaked over 300 going into his senior year. So, big, big, uh, would be a big pull to be able to pull that off. Again, it's great to hear him talk about the two offensive linemen. That's something that we beat uh, the head on constantly on this channel. I've talked about it over and over again. I think we did a great job in the transfer portal pulling some guys in. Damian George has done a phenomenal job, seen some great tape, heard, heard some great things. Keontae Goodwin as well, right? Doing some great things as well. Five-star guy from Kentucky. Really excited about Keontae. Didn't get much time at Kentucky. Starting to get some reps with the, the number one guys from what we're hearing as well with the spring with the spring uh, notes as well. So, look, all in all, love hearing that. And I think, look, last year to me, I thought spoke volumes to not only running backs but to the offensive line. So, if we're not able to pull these guys off this year, I'm going to be a little frustrated on where we're missing the ball. Where's the ball being dropped, right? Because I think the production on the field is living up to what we're talking about, right? Um, obviously, there's some areas that need some improvement, but if you're an offensive line, if you're an offensive lineman guy, you got two guys going to the NFL, and Richard and Osirens, that are poised to have some great success. That should excite you as a as a high school um, athlete. So, love that as well. Let's see here. Had a lot of 2025 guys there, which is good to see. Obviously, it's never too soon. I, I remember this year, last time we talked about this as well, with um, 2024 guys, DJ Lagway being part of that list, and obviously it paid off in December. So we'll see how that, uh, that obviously it's going to hopefully pay off. We With, with the DJ Lagway, it paid off as well. So let's see how you guys are doing. 352 Sports is muddy. Sounds like a good start secondary. Uh, you guys are having your good one uh, shutting down too. Keontae Goodwin, good to hear. Good to hear that he is he is trimming down. Make sure you guys drop a like, show some love, boys. Really appreciate it. Um, another big visit who had a good vibe is Xavier. Uh, Phil's same, I believe. Four star safety went down to the Sunshine State. Was he part of that bus ride? I don't know. I don't know who was. Probably he's a native of the Greater Orlando area. The bus did leave out of Orlando, so. Again, this this bus ride I think chartered about twenty five to thirty kids, multiple schools this past weekend. Again, they have some have offers to these schools, some don't. But they were it was good for them to get visits, and it was a good opportunity for these kids to go and visit and talk with these coaches, talk to these schools, see some insight, help build that relationship. 
right, on top of not having to necessarily dr- travel on their own dime. I think they have to pay for that that charter, but they're not driving themselves, and they kind of get to knock out a few schools in, in one hel- one one big rush there. So good to see. And he goes, it was a real good vibe. Everything you can tell, tell the culture has changed. Um, I was impressed with the new facility and new defensive coordinator coach, Austin Armstrong. That was my first time meeting. I feel like he's going to take the whole defense and will turn it into a really good defense. Yeah, these kids know what to say to get the clickbait. You know what I mean? Um, it's awesome. Says he's a young dude. He's like 29. I like the way he gets fired up. He's like to, he's like to he likes to have fun when they practice. Um, it's a really good vibe. I felt like he was getting into it with the players and making sure they really understood it. They don't sit in meetings for more than 30 minutes. They walk through like crazy. That's cool to hear, right? And again, this article is a credit to Keezer Donovan as well. Um but they're also pushing an official, an official visit for for June, so probably won't see any. Uh, you know, these guys commit obviously till June, July. I know we had a lot of those guys commit last year. Was June, July? It was a big, a big rush during that time. So we'll hopefully get some visits. I know uh, Friday Lights was a big one that pulled some guys in. Obviously, we had some guys prior to that commit to help recruit during Friday Night Lights. So I'd imagine he tried to get some guys in May and June for that. But reading these comments kind of get me fired up just hearing him talk about Coach Armstrong. Hearing him talk about, hey, like they're not sitting around doing a lot of meetings, they're doing walkthroughs, really doing hands-on type of stuff. I think this is something too that people kind of miss out on. I, I, in college, I took a few classes, and I don't know if, if you went to school as well. You have classes that just sit in the room the whole time. You read a book, you write. That's all you do. The best classes, in my opinion, for me to consume and to to grow were the classes that I was able to go and do hands-on. Where actually, I ran a marketing campaign. We created a campaign ourselves. We had to go out there and raise money. This was all for the class. Best class, learn the most in that class. So how do you learn? You sit down, you do talk about it. You do have classwork time where you kind of reconvene. You go over what you learned. You talk about it for 20, 30 minutes. But are you really, you know, after a certain time, are you really taking that in? No, walking through it, going through it, going through the motions and being comfortable on the field, being comfortable next to your guys. That's where you're going to learn. That's where you're going to get better. Love hearing that Armstrong makes practice fun. I think as you know, growing up, we hear the word practice and we feel that it has a negative connotation to it because it's it's not fun. But practice should be fun. I was actually having this conversation with a guy I worked the day where I, the practices that I remember the most when I played baseball growing up were the ones at the end that ended in the game. Now, the game taught you something, right? In the game, a game that we always had, and I was slow as hell, but you had a team at, team at home and team at second, and you're running around and trying to chase a guy in front of you. Look, it's, it's teaching you base running without you even knowing it, right? How can I get around the bases as fast as possible without tripping, without falling, right? And also staying within the boundaries and within the rules. Obviously, it's not football related, but you understand what I'm saying. So now there's a little competitive edge between the team. It's fun. It gets the blood pumping, but you're also teaching yourself something. And I know when it would translate to the game, I would you know, go back to I'm, run, I'm, I'm running the game, right? I'm trying to get to home as quick as I possibly can, and it translates to that. Because, look, when you're competing during practice – even though it's practice, and you're, but you're competing, you're able to translate that because you understand during that game, you want to win, so you're doing the best that you can. That's going to translate to game time much easier because you've already had that competitive edge in you, and you know what it was like. You hear it all the time. you got to practice that you're going to play. You say that, but if you don't make practice and you don't create that culture at practice to translate to playing time, that's going to be an issue. Playing high school golf, when we play golf all the time, again, Practice, we much time on the range, we didn't spend a lot of it on the range, okay? And we were practicing on the chipping on the chipping green, it was competitive. 
It's right. It's like who can get who can get, uh, the closest, uh, best of three on the putting. It was three over, three under. So you were constantly under pressure, even when you were practicing. And I promise you, you didn't want to lose those practice reps uh, more than you wanted to lose during the regular match because you got to hear your boys talking shit if you lose on the putting green for the next nine holes uh, when you guys go get set out. So it creates that that you know that culture with the, with the boys one two, but. It also creates the uh, that competition in you and allows for you when it's showtime, comfortable. I've seen this three-foot putt before. But last time I had this three-foot putt, I had three guys talking shit saying, you better not miss it, right? So I think there's something to be said about having a good practice culture, and it's cool to hear him say that on there as well. Getting a little long-winded, boys. Sorry about that. Uh, I appreciate you guys hanging out here. Now, I saw I saw the, 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 the poll. Let me go back to it really quick. I had a, a poll up for you guys that came in here. Uh, to get your thoughts and opinions on the March Madness. So I said, who's playing on High Top Sports March Madness bracket? Already signed up, 12%. Me, I want to uh, sign up six or 29%, and nah, 60%. This is what frustrates me with March Madness, boys. It's the most incredible time of year. I understand if you don't like basketball, March Madness is just exhilarating. It, it's, it's an absolute blast, and it's free to play. I just, I think... It's a great time for everybody to get together. I, I, the excuse that I hear all the time, I don't know anything about basketball. Nobody fucking does, okay? The people who know about basketball still can't get it right. That's what makes it fun, all right? I had a teacher in high school. She would win every year March Madness. You know how she picked her teams? The best cheerleading squad. Whichever team had the best cheerleader, she coached the cheerleading team, and so she knew which ones were good at cheerleading. That's how she picked it, and she would win every single year, okay? Not every year, but she, she won a few times, which... You wouldn't think you would win, but she did. So sign up. The link's in the description. Take your chances. Don't give me that shit like, oh, it's this. No, I don't want to hear it, okay? And drop a like. I appreciate you guys coming over and hanging out with me today on this uh, Sunday. So, again, CBS is the link. Just click on it. doesn't cost you anything. Just got to have a CBS account. And then uh, I think the brackets go live on Thursday. Selection Sunday is happening right now, so we will know Obviously, into today, what that bracket is. You got three days to learn some basketball, do the digging, do the do the you know ins and outs. The first four in, I think, is on Wednesday. So you have Texas winning it all. Interesting. FAU is my Cinderella team. See, buddy, that's the energy that I like, buddy. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. There, Texas sucks. There we go. Now we're getting some energy in the chat. Loving it, boys and girls. Got over a hundred in here on a, on a Sunday afternoon. I love it. Show some love. Drop a like. Let's get spicy with it, boys and girls. All right. Hope you guys are having a great day. Uh, it looks like uh, Scotty Shuffler ran away with it at the golf tournament in TPC here in Ponte Vedra. So that was, uh, you know, no, I'm good. Thank you, Dom. We don't want you in it anyways. So thank you, Dom, for not doing it. At least March Madness is not baseball. It's not, huh? It's got that going. Baseball's fun too, Adrian. I think I'm a, I'm a rare breed, bro. I love all sports. Like I, I, I I'm all in like, Golf, I love golf, obviously. NASCAR, I, I could sit here and talk about literally any sport. Uh, NHL, my weakest point. Basketball, I used to, used to love basketball. That's kind of died off a little bit. But uh, come playoffs, come playoff basketball, I'll be dialed in with the heat. I'll be ready to go for that. But uh, playoff hockey is a good time. Playoff hockey is a good time. I love hockey. I just don't know the teams enough to have a conversation. But everything else I'm pretty fired up about. Duke looks unbelievable. They peak at the right moment. They are. They are. Take down Miami. They won the AC championship. I didn't see that today. I have to obviously. I got to do my homework and become a basketball expert starting today. That's all you need. You need three days to become seventy-two hours to become a basketball expert, boys. That's all you need. It's very simple. 
Appreciate the likes and, and uh, the the love, boys. I really do. Appreciate you. Look at it. If you're not joining it, it's, it's very upsetting. It's a free 250 bucks. If you get it wrong, so what? You move on. You know what I mean? Be a part of something. Come talk snack with us. Um, there's about 10 brackets signed up right now, which is really cool. I think that's great. Love that. Again, I, I love the energy. So um, it, it upsets me that more people aren't this enthusiastic about March Madness. You know, it really does because it's, it's an incredible time of year. We got, I mean, guys, it's not, we got, we got, we got five, six months for football. You know what I mean? Like, what else are you going to do? Just look at yourself in the mirror. That's, that's disgusting. Okay. Sign the hell up. <laughs> well, boys, great show. Uh, great, great uh, takeaways. Again, it's talking season, so I'm going to be fired up until I'm not fired up. Um, I think we're trying to, you know, piece together week by week until we can get to the orange and blue game is going to be exciting. I think uh, it'll be here before we know it. I know, obviously, we've got some big visiting weekends prior to that, and then the orange and blue game is on the 13th or 14th, I believe. It's a Thursday. Uh, we plan to go. If uh, I don't know how, you know, tailgating goes for the orange and blue game. That's something I need to figure out on if we can set something up to kind of hang out beforehand, get to know me, to get to hang out with some of you guys and meet some of you guys, make some content. If we can, we'll see. Either way, I'm, I'm going to go and uh, just be a part of the game. I would love to go and stream the game if I could, but uh, not sure how that's going to work out. So we will see. We will see. Uh, Coach Coach Kevin says, I have, no, I have no life right now, and I've watched every conference tournament. I'm ready to be all the brackets. That's the energy that I'm talking about. That's the mindset you need to have. Exactly. Exactly. I can't not wait for OVB game, Sheldon. I don't know what that means. Oh, hot shot. Talk about cricket. Go. Okay, I said every real sport, Adrian. Okay? Chill out. Life is real TV. Says five bucks. Says love the energy. Appreciate you, big guy. Duke, I have have to say it. Alabama might make the final four. I love that we're kind of in a weird place, man. I think with Coach K going down, I think Duke chokes. I really do. Uh, but we'd love to see whatever, you know, whatever happens. Alabama's gonna always chokes. Um, we'll see. Oh, yes, NFL talk. We got to talk about NFL talk. I mean, guys, how, 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 am I missing something? Can somebody in the comments explain to me what Carolina was thinking? I understand what, you know, the, the half the process of we want to be able to choose our quarterback, right? Now they've taken the pressure off of what if because it's up to them on who they pick. But you have literally sold the farm, you've given away Chris McCaffrey, okay? Not to mention you had Sam Darnold, Bacon, Merrifield last year, couldn't get it done. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that the, out of what's available, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson, which are typically, right now, they're top four quarterbacks that are, are projected to come off the board, give you a better chance of winning than Sam Darnold or, or Baker Mayfield? 98% of you are going to say yes, and I understand why. That that those two guys had DJ Moore, who they now traded to the Bears, and Chris McCaffrey. These guys, the, the four, the one of the four that are coming in, have none of those. On top of they got rid of their sixty-first pick to their second-round pick in two in, in this year's draft, so they're not going to go get anybody else. Okay, so now what? You think CJ Stroud's going to be the guy that that takes the Carolina Panthers to the Holy Lands? He's going to be the guy that. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the guys coming out coming out of you know Ohio State with some of the best wide receiver wide receiving core and wide receiver coach right now in college football. And now he's going to head to the Panthers to have literally nobody, literally nobody. 
and he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna ball out. This is like a Cam Newton situation. I don't I don't feel like these guys can Cam Newton vibes. I just feel like it was a lot. You sit at number nine, okay? You, you take what what's given to you, either a Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, okay, and and you work with that. And you get to keep everything intact, and you go get maybe a good running back or something wide receiver in that second round. Now you now you got to go pick the best quarterback, and you better not miss. You better not miss, because you also gave up your first round draft pick for next year. I I don't get it. I, it does not make sense to me. I don't feel like this quarterback class was the class to do it on that Joey B class. Maybe for Trevor Lawrence, a generational talent. These guys do not give me generational talent vibes. Take, keep the ninth pick. Maybe you don't take a quarterback, right? Bomb next year to go get Caleb Williams. You know what I mean? Play the long ball here. Like, you're you're going now to, you know, to get this guy. You're not going to win now. So, whoever, if, I, if I'm a quarterback, do I want to go to Carolina? Because now, if I'm if I'm that quarterback going to Carolina, you're here to save us. So, you better, you better put up or show up, right? You got to come save us. So, now there's a lot of pressure coming into that quarterback, whoever it may be. If you're Anthony, do you want to go to Carolina? All eyeballs will be looking at you to save that organization. They left you nothing. You're coming, you're coming back to a roll and tumble of weed and, and nothing. Right? I, I don't I don't get it. And now the Dolphins getting uh, Jalen Ramsey for practically nothing, I believe. What's going on here, guys? Are we missing something? I'm curious what round Stetson Bennett goes and who takes him. 49ers would be perfect spot for him. Stetson Bennett's going to get the best bang for his buck. He's going And whatever team gets him, if it's the right team that gets him, he's going to go late, so they're going to get him cheap. And they're going to have time to develop him. And it's going to be the best case scenario for him, and he's going to come out looking like an absolute king. These other four quarterbacks are going to get absolutely uh, just, I feel like, thrown into a shitty situation. I mean, whoever goes to Texas has, has a better opportunity, I believe. The Texans looking like it's going to be Bryce Young. And I, I feel like Texans are in a little bit better uh, situation. They got Damian Pierce. I think he did a phenomenal job, obviously, last year. Jeff Driscoll came in and did, kind of started to show some light there. They are, I don't, have they fixed their, have they hired their new coach yet? I don't know. So they do have that going for them, a new coach, obviously. Uh, Indy, new head coach there as well. Weird, weird, weird scenario. Uh, the Seattle's up there. They've talked about taking a quarterback. That, to me, if I'm any of those guys, I'm begging to go to Seattle. You got Geno just signed a long-term deal, so you know that you're going to be sitting behind Geno for two to three years probably. That's best-case scenario for Will or Anthony, honestly. Really is. Stetson to Texas? Okay. So, I don't remember what pick Atlanta has. It's it's early, I think. It's like 7 or 8. If I, if I, if I'm not, maybe it's 12. Maybe it's 11, 12. Tawan says, I'd rather Richardson go somewhere in which they would let him be involved into what the organization chooses during the draft or free agency. Aaron to Vegas. Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers saga is interesting. Look, I think the Jets is in a really good op- in a really good position. Great football team. Um, I think they could uh, you, you maybe use some running back help. Right? I don't know what for, what pick they have. John Robinson would do really well there. I know they had they had that rookie running back last year. Not sold on the running backs they have. They need a big power back. They need to go get somebody like a Saquon, to be honest with you. Um, but that defense is stout, right? Got Sauce Gardner out there. Um, CJ as well. So, 
obviously a great defense. I think it, it kind of give you vibes like a 49ers vibe. They just need a guy to come in and, and fill that role. So Aaron Rodgers would 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 do wonders with that team. I, I believe they they need to get him. They need to get him a guy. They need to get him a, a wide receiver guy to, to throw some dots at. But uh, yeah, they need, Purdy's not gonna be ready. Good point. Garoppolo's gone, and Lance coming off an injury. I mean, they are in a. I mean, they they went from being the the hottest quarterback room, the 49ers, to what the hell, right? What the hell? That's kind of where they're at. Um, who's pumped about the Jags to the Calvin? I love it, man. I think it's gonna be exciting. I think they need to go make a trade. We talked about obviously trading for Derrick Henry. Very, very clickbaity. Very, uh, you know, dumb to think about that. Where that comes into play is a trade like that is very important for the Jags, I believe. Now, that's why I'm not the GM. As a Braves fan, I always feel like we need to go make the big splash trade, and we don't. We kind of figure ourselves out. Sometimes a big splash trade, you kind of go all in. It doesn't work out anyways. So how much value is there in making that big splash trade? Sometimes it's not that great. So we'll see. But I think uh, you know picking up Calvin Ridley was it did speak some volumes. Maybe not get a big, maybe not, maybe not get a big splash. You've got an interesting spot at twenty fourth and in that second round where you can pick up some some health and some guys that can play right now. Again, that cor- I talked to a few Jacks fans this past weekend. That cornerback, uh, you know, going after a cornerback doesn't seem too crazy. Obviously, obviously, everyone's kind of pointing towards guard, but cornerback seems to be in the mix as well, as well as the tight end from Georgia. Seems to be getting a lot of talks. Could you imagine? Uh, and what I kind of said too, if you pick up the, the tight end from Georgia, I can't think of his name right now. Is it Darnell? Is it Washington? The tight end from Georgia. You got Ingram and him on, on, on either, either corner, right? I mean, it's basically you're picking up like half a guard, you know, with just the size you get at tight end. And now you've got two pacifiers. I love to call tight ends pacifiers. Somebody that you can dump the ball off to that can make plays happen. When you got two guys like that and you can go get him in the first round, and, and give somebody like a Trevor Lawrence, and now you've got Calvin Ridley, okay, Ingram, Kirk, Marvin Jones, I believe, is still there, who who's, gives you that veteran uh, presence in the locker room on top of the the you know the tight end addition if they were to do that from Georgia, yeah, Washington, right? I mean, that's starting to piece together a really hell of an offense. You're, you're really building around your 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 caliber guy, which is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I know Ingram got that franchise tag. Part of that was it spoke against some more Jags fans this weekend to lock him in so he can't go to free agency, allow the Jags to work out a contract with him, extend it because free agency is coming up so nobody can talk to him or touch him. They come to a conclusion late June, July, and maybe remove that franchise tag and go elsewhere. But right now, it's to, to lock him in, obviously. So we will see how that happens. Are we getting a special guest here? Is it Tiger and Tiger? Well, boys, we're going to sign it off with the Tiger here. Uh, old the Beck squad rocking the Tiger onesie. What do you think, big guy? <laughs> That's what he had. He just. Oh, that hurt? Did that hurt? Okay. Well, you, you smashed it in your mouth, bud, so I can't really. <laughs> you going to go over it again? Come here. Tell, say what's up. Tell him I could eat it. Right now, he guys everything everything he tastes is with his mouth. It's like his new like sensor. It's like everything just straight to the mouth, right? Oh, you're gonna smash your head, son. That's heavy. All right, boys. Well, we appreciate you guys as always for hanging out. Make sure you guys like, subscribe, join the March Madness bracket. Okay, I don't care if you like it or not. If you don't like basketball or not, tell them. Hey, join the March Madness bracket. 
like, subscribe, boys. You guys have a great rest of your Sunday. Selection Sunday is here. We're going to turn up this week, boys. March Madness is here, boys. Be safe. Love you. Never forget what it's like to be in debt, babe. Stabbed in the back, babe.